0: One look,
1: and I believe I can. All right, one line. I never attacked him on his look, and believe me, there's plenty of subject matter right there.
2: One exchange,
3: he's just not
4: there. True.
2: It is,
3: he knows exactly there it is what the said. memorized 25
5: second speech. He, well, that's the, that's
2: there it the is everybody. Why one platform, not too late for the
1: people in this state to find out what we know about the issue.
5: One mistake. Three agencies of government when I get there that are gone commerce, education. And the, uh, uh, what's the third one there, let's see. And now one night, for this is no ordinary night.
2: Every four years, America gathers around to hear a vision for our future. And what happens here tonight may determine that very fast. This uniquely American tradition is the envy of the world. It has the capacity to change world events, improve lives, inspire generations. Welcome to the great debate over the future of the greatest country the world has ever known. So no, this is no ordinary night, America. Put down your phone. Pick up your popcorn. You're going to want to see this. Welcome to the first Republican presidential debate. Presented by The Ruthless Podcast.
6: Welcome to Serve Forum here in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Thank you for inviting the Variety Program into your homes tonight. Behind us is the, is the home of the Milwaukee Bucks.
7: And a wonderful crowd. But
6: tonight, it serves as the first step in a journey of replacing Joe Biden as President of the United States. I'm Josh Holmes, along with my co-hosts here, Comfortably Smug, Michael Duncan and John Ashbrook. Fellas. It's good to be here, isn't
8: it? It's great to be here. It's also, it's also a very hot day, I must say. Uh, we got the pork on the spit. It's sweating and so am I.
6: So, there, I mean, look, you know how we like the pomp and circumstance. Yeah. The program always likes the pomp and circumstance. Always. And if you're going to do a, a like a game day setup, you're going to need some. Oh, there's going to be tailgating stuff, sure. right? Oh, yeah. And so, uh, thus the legend of Duncan's hog. Yeah. Has begun. Now, it's not been without its trials and tribulations. Well, yeah, we had a lot of
8: controversy today. We got a call from the pig guy, our pig vendor, this morning, that he had been in a car accident and was unable to come and smoke the whole hog for us here at the debate. So Drew from our team, uh, you know, had an audible, was calling around town trying to find a pig in this town. Hardest damn thing to do, find a pig in this town. And we finally uh, found a vendor who had a rotisserie Because spit. the first
6: pig was involved in the accident. It wasn't just the person. Who I
8: guess they got the pig in the ICU. I have no <laughs> idea. It's insane to me. I would have thought, I look, God bless you. I hope you're okay in the hospital. I hate that you got in that car crash. But the pig's already dead. <laughs> the pig's already dead you still can't bring it here anyway drew came in saved the day we've got pork shoulder they're on the rotisserie we're going to be trying it later i you know i don't want to tease too much but we uh we got some stuff going on
6: well you know why don't we just head over and take a look at what look we i got don't over I, there. look I, I
8: don't think she's nearly done yet well, but let's thankfully just see, let's see it's let's a hundred it's a hundred see. degrees out so it's wait gonna a cook minute just fine.
6: who is that over there is that Governor Kemp? My goodness, all the way from the great state of Georgia. He's got the hog and he's pouring beer in it. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a sauce. It's, it's a, sauce. a sauce. He brought sauces. He brought sauces. Well, they said, he said, uh, one of your one of Kemp's uh, staffers said, he's going to be providing sauce <laughs> for Duncan's
8: house. I appreciate that.
6: I love it. I love it. Thank you, Governor. He is our celebrity guest picker. We are so honored that he would make the trip here to join all of us in this discussion. We're going to have a blast. There is no other way. And look, I'm from Minnesota, so I understand Midwestern stuff. When you're in Wisconsin, there's absolutely no way to start a show unless you have some kind of a beer-infused competition. It's the local flavor. It's what you do. Right. And in this case... We have the best of the best, the grand champion. You've seen him on YouTube. He's done all of these kind of crazy... Ju- senator Ron Johnson. Thank well, you. Come, come on up. Come on up. How are you? We're going to wait for the senator to get his headphones on, but, but this is... Listen, what we've got in store here for you, Senator, we know you're an extraordinarily serious person. We know that, like... You are the guy that's been holding the feet to the fire of the DOJ over the Hunter Biden stuff, but we have a more important mission for you today. You have to face off against Duncan in a beer-chugging competition. All right. <laughs> right off the bat, let's get and it. This is, and this is, let's just say, this a showdown unscripted. for the ages. My only competitor
8: is gravity. <laughs> um you just let me know, are we going on go or are we going on one? Because uh, I'm going to need a countdown.
6: Why don't I say three, two, one, go. Okay. And you go on go. Okay. Does that work? Is everybody works. good with that? Yeah. Yeah. Sound fair? Are we going to have an or on the table? Oh. Wait, a what?
9: Do we go from the table or is it our?
6: Oh, no. no this is a, oh, this- a valid question. Yeah. I think you have to have table. on the table and it needs to be resting on the table. Yep.
8: Glass back down on the
6: table. Yeah, you can have your hand around it, but you okay. can't it has to Where'd have you like, you know. Okay. And and any other rules, Senator, that we think we should we're missing here? Just drink.
10: Just drink. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> okay. Solid advice.
6: Are you ready? <laughs> All right, folks, I got some
1: applause going. Let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. Call it. Three, two,
10: one, go! go, go, go. go. Chuck, <laughs> Chuck, Chuck, Chuck. got <laughs> him!
1: Duncan got him! You can my skill. And still
6: a champion. You're good. A champion, nevertheless. You're a good sport, Senator. Good sport. Thank you so much for doing it. I was what you're... unprepared. <laughs> <laughs> well, I... you've been out in the heat all day. I have. I mean, so we showed up yesterday. In beautiful Milwaukee, Wisconsin, it was 75, a slight breeze on the southeast, like a nice sort of like caressing almost fall day. And then this morning, it was 103 degrees. Yeah, I hate to point out to you guys, you're in the
9: shade, so you don't need sunglasses. Yeah. <laughs> and I just put on this coat because I'm sweating so much, just cover up the sweat. Why are you guys wearing coats? It's, it's game day. It's game day. Apparently, it's game geez. you know. But anyway, so here I am. You just humiliated me in front of my... <laughs> you're a good sport. I mean, you are, you are good. Thank you, thank He's you. Got a, uh, it, this you is know, not his first time.
8: When you're in cycle, I will come back to Wisconsin and I'll throw the game for you.
6: <laughs> no, it's fair I don't want fair benefit. We'll get a rematch. We're nothing but a propaganda outlet. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no question about it. Senator, listen, you have done an incredible amount of work over your terms in the United States Senate. Right now, I think that there is basically nothing that is more important than your oversight work that you've done now for months and months and months and trying to bring some accountability to a Justice Department that actually is having nothing, absolutely nothing, plain as the eye can see. Tell us a little bit about it. Well, Senator Grassley and I, uh, started
9: investigating, well, literally corruption within the federal government. Mm-hmm. But we focused on Hunter Biden leading up to the impeachment. Is all became aware of the fact that Hunter Biden was employed by Burisma. He has no skills to offer them. <laughs> you know, he's being paid literally millions of dollars right. for what? Well, it's obvious, isn't it? Yeah. It's, it's always been obvious. That's what, what drives me nuts is the corruption of the Biden crime family has been so... Obvious, and, and yet the mainstream media goes, well, there's no evidence. H- how much evidence do you need to have? So Senator Grassley and I laid out, you know, we had treasury records that showed millions of dollars transactions between all kinds of different countries. Uh, obviously proved the conflict of interest in Ukraine. I mean, just the timeline of that alone. The fact that you have the revolution of dignity two months later. Devin Archer meets with the vice president in the White House. The vice president jets over to Ukraine's name, the point person for the administration. Devin Archer joins the board. The U.K. seizes uh, $20 million of the Burisma's oligarchs assets. Then
6: Ar- uh, Hunter joins the board. All this happens within 30 days. I mean, this is the stuff that you're <laughs> not hearing at all, right? right? I mean, unless you're tuning in to Ron Johnson or a handful of others, you're not hearing anything about this. Right?
9: So, again, the, cr- the, the scheme is set up. The grift is set up. And then it just kind of plays itself out to the point where you know, the, the head of Burisma wants to get involved in the U.S. And it's a problem for him because he's viewed as corrupt. And they start putting pressure on Shokin to investigate him, even though they've been singing Shokin's praises. They're, they're, very, they're very happy with the prosecutor general in Ukraine. But he wasn't investigating Burisma. So he starts. That's the moment Joe Biden decides this guy's got to get fired coincidence no it's corruption and he brags about it he brags about it yeah and of course the mainstream media uh plays along with him covers up for him so no this this has driven me nuts how obvious it's been and how the mainstream media has just turned a blind's eye and that's what i keep pointing out we have three scandals here we have the scandal of the corrupt biden family okay then we have corruption of our federal law enforcement uh you know the Covering up for, for Hunter, you know, the, now we got the whistleblowers from the IRS investigation. And, and the, the plea deal that didn't. You know, the, the fact that the FBI was pre-sabotaging the revelation that the Hunter Biden laptop existed, right? Yeah. By giving Senator Grass and I a, a defensive briefing unsolicited saying we were targets of rush disinformation yes. to smear us later on. Yeah. So that's the second uh, scandal. But probably the most serious scandal, literally, is the complicity and corruption of the media. Mm -hmm. If we had an unbiased media that was holding both sides equally accountable, I'm not looking for a cheerleading media. I'm just wanting a media that is inquisitive, that will hold both sides accountable. You wouldn't have the corruption in the FBI. You wouldn't have the corruption in the the Department of Justice or in our intelligence services. I I mean, those 51 intelligence officials that signed a letter, said that the laptop had all the earmarks of a Russian information campaign, that those individuals interfered in our election to a far greater extent than anything, amen, anything that Russia ever could hope to accomplish. And they're getting let off the hook by the mainstream media, the corrupt and complicit
6: mainstream media. Well said, Senator. And, And look, I think on behalf of all of us who've watched your work over the years, but also your work on behalf of the people of Wisconsin, Thank you for what you're doing. Keep pushing. I feel like there's just no question that they're trying to silence this for a reason, right? Yeah. There, there's a reason why nobody's writing about your work, because they don't want anybody to know about it. They don't want anybody to know about it. They don't know, want anybody to know about their corruption. I mean,
9: let's face it. They were Either they were complicit in the Russian collusion hoax, or they were duped. Which was it, right? So... Now that we all know that the Russian collusion hoax was hatched as a Hillary Clinton campaign scheme, that Obama and Biden were briefed by John Brennan of that scheme, and they still let the whole thing play out, right? And the media you know, carried that, that false narrative for years. You would think an honest media would, would be kind of ticked off with the people that lied to them, that gave them this false narrative. Yeah, but, but they got Pulitzer prizes. But they're, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and they're still bragging about the right,
8: Pulitzer prizes. Right. You know, one okay. of the, one of the
0: things that we often say on the Ruthless Variety program is that the easiest job in town is Democrat press secretary, because they're given everything they want every day of the week. And another thing that we often say is that if you want the media to hold your government accountable, vote for a Republican. Because they're absolutely not going to hold a Democrat accountable,
9: and that's exactly what you're talking about today. No, it's exactly true. And again, the Democrats are so confident of that. Yeah. So that, that's why they, they're they able to support these things. that is just crazy, because no matter how crazy the issues that they're supporting they know the mainstream media back them up. I mean, yeah. when they, they make give an
7: excuse for them, when they can give the story that, oh well, Joe Biden was just talking about the weather on a call, and the <laughs> it, media is willing to run with that. It's it's not like it, was, it, dark it was pretty It
6: was weather they were going to send the twenty million dollars. There you go. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
10: <laughs> yeah.
9: So again, that, that's a huge problem, and, and you always hear, you know, danger to a democracy. That's the danger to a democracy. We need a free press, but again, we need one that is unbiased and that holds both sides equally accountable, and we don't have that now. Listen,
6: yep. Senator Ron Johnson, thank you for joining us. Thank you for the hospitality. Going to be a great debate tonight. Welcome to Wisconsin. Thank you for humiliating me. <laughs>
10: thank okay. you so much,
9: Senator. <laughs> have a good day. I'm going to take this with me. All right. <laughs> thank you very
6: much. I love it. Well, we got an action-packed show for you all. This is going to be an exciting time throughout the evening. Uh, we've got a, a, our next segment with a good friend of the program. But I, I have to say... That Ruthless has, enjoys some significantly awesome sponsors. Truly. We just do.
10: Yeah. The like best. some
6: great folks who like, you know, they empower. Many people are saying. Many people are saying. The best sponsors. Yeah. So Ruthless is fueled by America's oil and natural gas. You find out more at API.org. Wonderful. What folks. better way? American energy, right? That's I mean, right. Good Lord. What, what better than that? So... With all of that, we intend to bring up an old friend. He's a little uh, crusty around the edges, and he's over there, uh, I think, hobnobbing with the wolf currently. But he is our friend, nevertheless. It's Chris Lasunvita, the Trump campaign. Come on up. Oh, I got some gifts. What are you you're bringing us gifts. things? Bingo oh yeah, oh, oh, yeah, okay. I, no. I knew it was going
7: to be this.
8: Okay. Okay, this is the the official bingo bingo card. This This
6: is is the the Ron DeSantis bingo card. He's giving us propaganda. But that's his job. That's his job. That is his job. You know what? That's gonna that's gonna
7: be my first question. This is my first question for you, Chris. Whoa! Let him get settled. Let him get settled. I'm settled. That's
10: good. Why do we why do we
7: get bingo cards and not Donald Trump here tonight?
0: oh I like that.
7: Yeah, I'm out here. In <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I love that. I, I, I love
8: wanted. That. I, I I wanted to make a Donald Donald Trump bingo card, but it was all blank. Yeah, <laughs> I know because there's you, you could not put his record on one card. <laughs> That's I mean,
4: exactly. you just couldn't do it. But but to answer your question, I mean, when you're 40 points up, you know, it, it, what did Roger Ailes say back in uh, 1988 at the Democrat debate? He said. Uh, He said, ooh, eight wieners lined up for roasting.
8: (laughs) We don't have wieners. We got pork over there. Yeah, Yeah, I saw that earlier.
0: Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, Jeff is doing it. You know why
4: it's so hot? Why? Because all these damn politicians in town.
0: (laughs) They bring a lot of hot air with (laughs) them. That's you. I think Duncan made it.
6: That's you. You
4: (laughs) He finally showed up.
6: (laughs) A distance from politics. That's what I know. Yeah. (laughs) That's what I know and love. Listen, we have known you and worked with you for 20 plus years. There's no more skilled operator in the game. And I think we've talked about uh, throughout the last several weeks of the Ruthless Variety program about how the Trump campaign feels like it's got a, a look and feel that's a more professional. You guys are are executing the infrastructure. You're doing sort of the nuts and bolts piece that it was missing over you. Over, and I'm not asking you to uh make comment on previous campaigns but what i'm saying is how do you guys think things are going obviously there's a lead in the polls but like uh, how do you think they're going well so um
4: well first of all it, it's great to be here uh I, I, you guys are fantastic and it's great seeing you all here again um and, and we do we do share a lot of history um you know the last um in 2016, you know, it was a real, you know, insurgent type of campaign. I wasn't involved with it. I was at the RNC at the time, but, um, you know, it was a really insurgent campaign. And, and they didn't do a lot of those basic things because it was it was sort of a fly by the seat of your pants kind of thing. But it worked, <laughs> right? It worked. Um, I can't really speak to 2020, but, you know, in, in, in this go around, um, you know, we're lucky in the sense that, you know, Susie Wiles, who she and I are doing this as uh, a uh, leadership together and having Jason uh, Miller back and, and Stephen Chung back and having some real solid professionals uh, at all levels, you know, having Brian Jack, uh, very well known on the Hill and, um, you know, a really good early state team. I mean, look, we're, you know, we, I've been doing campaigns for 32 years. Susie's been doing it, you know, about that long as well. So there's not much we haven't seen. And, and you know, we, we wake up every day with, a singular goal of what can we do better mm-hmm. and what can we focus on and what what do we need to do to, to actually move the ball down the field it's not you know resting on your laurels yeah yeah you're we're up by 40 points
7: yeah, i mean well, it is definitely a very well-run campaign you've got a lot of really solid talent working there right of all the surrogates you have do you think the trump campaign's best surrogate has been vivek ramaswamy <laughs> <laughs>
6: He certainly is he coming is a, for your job, La Civita?
4: Uh, I don't want that. I'm not worried. About, I'm not worried about my job, but but uh, uh, you know, I mean, we, we and we that's the other thing we, we do. We have a great operation. We have great surrogates. Uh, there's a lot of people that are out there, you know, willing to speak on behalf of the former president and, and engage. But um, again, it's it's about accomplishing the basics, right? Getting the the, the blocking and the tackling done. And then you can folks, once you know, you have those basics done. You can focus on the bigger things, which is pushing message and and you know dealing with all the other things that we as a campaign have to deal with that historically no campaigns ever had to deal with. That's true. So yeah. Chris, right? you,
0: you you mentioned pushing message, and you and I of course have worked together <laughs> yep, uh, over yep. the years as well. And tonight, uh, President Trump will be on uh, an interview with Tucker Carlson. Correct. And I'm wondering if you can just tell our audience a little bit about what they can expect to hear from the president tonight
4: well a great question and you know a thing to remember it's it's a little over an hour long and I, of course i don't know how much they've edited um but it's an hour of pure substance it's not showboating from you know uh, a moderator who wants to put a video clip up like they're going to do here at this debate trashing the president mark my words it's going to happen um and it's just going to be a substantive discussion on the policy issues and the issues that people and the voters care about and want to hear. And, and, and you know, they want to know, you know, what are the plans, uh, you know, that you're going to have to,
6: you know, get the economy
4: back on track, eliminate inflation. Can I ask you about that,
6: though? Please. I mean, yeah. so, so let me interject for a minute yeah. because we've seen a lot of the candidates who we're going to see here tonight um, go and talk with Tucker. We saw the big Iowa forum and, and whatnot. Yeah. And it, it, there appears to be a lot of mirroring back what they think Tucker wants to hear. He's got a big audience. He's a big deal. He's got all kinds of it. Mm-hmm. Like, we all know what Donald Trump's foreign policy was because we lived it. This was not a, a passive isolationist. I mean, he killed Soleimani in Iraq with a, with a missile, right? This guy had a different point of view than either sort of your classic liberal – Libertarian, or your actually one of those skulls. little
4: missiles that doesn't leave a lot of damage. It just goes in and then shreds everything in sight. It's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, what's it? You say
8: uh, smuggy? Turn yeah. them into you salsa. Turn, you turn money into salsa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. salsa. Yeah. yeah.
6: <laughs> so are we going to are we going to hear a little bit of nuance? I mean, because I think that's the biggest I thi- thing. I think what Holmes
8: is asking is is it going to be interesting stuff or is it going to be more about you know freeing Julian Assange? Yeah, are we bobbleheading? Are, are we bobbleheading
6: along with things? And I don't think that Donald Trump has done that. No, but but I've seen a lot of candidates go into Ducker and do that. So that's my question. Donald Trump's not
4: like any other candidate. I think everybody knows that. Um, uh, You know, he's he's the last person that would mirror what someone wants to hear. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I think we have a body of evidence that proves (laughs) that point. I'll just leave it at that. He's a touch (laughs) confrontational to some. Um, but, I, I, yeah, I think it will be. I think it's, it's uh, uh, you know, again, it's substantive. It's on policy, um, and it's not going to be, um, you know, any gotcha stuff, and, and you know, which is what we'll see here tonight. And, you know, it, it'll actually be a substantive discussion about an hour long, maybe a little longer. Um, we're excited for it, and uh, I know Tucker was excited about it. And uh, you know, it's uh, and it's going to get a lot of eyeballs.
6: Do you have a timeline in your head? I mean, so we've got one more that's officially scheduled in September at the Reagan Library, right, out on the West Coast. Uh, there's been talks of uh, th- debate three and four, right? Do you have a time? And, and of course, there's like a criteria right. for eligibility that's a, a rising deal. So, it, it, in and of itself will winnow the field. Do you have a timeline in your head about when it makes sense that's right. for some, Donald Trump to come some, in?
0: Some people are calling this Trump's bye week Right. Um, so, it, that's, uh, yeah. Well, he's not going to be in, in
4: California. So, I mean... Really? Yeah, we're well, not Well, I gonna... mean, that's news. Yeah, right? No, that's news. No, we didn't hear that. There's no plan
7: for him to show up in California.
4: Yeah. Uh, I mean, Well, first of for all... For the next debate. Well, first of all, would President Trump you know he could change his mind at any moment, right? But I think he said the other day you should take his his truth for, at face value uh, when he said debates, right? Uh, and you should just assume that he won't until he does. Mm-hmm. But what makes the next debate interesting is you know it's being it's run by Fred Ryan, Washington Post. They've never invited Donald Trump, former president or as president, to speak at the Reagan
8: Library. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. I Ever. didn't know yeah. that.
4: So why the hell would he show up?
6: Well, let me ask well, you that. That, seemed,
8: that <laughs> seems like kind of an excuse because, I mean, he did CNN for a town hall himself. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. So he has yeah, no problem did. going to adversarial media when it benefits him. Oh, it's
4: not him. so much. It, it's, not about, it's not an adversarial thing. That's As a matter of we look for What that. does he want? He wants an engraved
8: invitation?
4: No, no. I think that I think that there's a there's a degree of respect that should be conveyed to a president to a former
7: president. I think even you would you know agree with that along those lines. Sure. If he starts skipping debates, let's say Donald Trump, it looks like he's headed that way. But let's say he gets the nomination, right? He's in the general. What's to stop Joe Biden from saying, "Well, I'll skip debates too. I'm you back know, in my basement." Yeah, you know, I'm glad you brought that up because. I heard the chairwoman of the RNC say
4: that earlier, and I have not heard a more ludicrous statement <laughs> it, 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 probably all week. There is no comparison between a primary debate when you're 40 points up, mm-hmm. right, against the sitting incumbent president of the United States. Is going to I mean that's an apples to oranges comparison. It, I, I found it. Ridiculous, and quite frankly, a little disappointing that people would be doing the bidding and providing the excuse framework for Joe Biden, the incumbent president of the United mm. States, who Donald Trump's going to be. Shots fired, huh? Bingo. No, I'm just setting the record straight. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, so well, he's he, a
6: straight shooter. So
4: he has. Oh, yeah. 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 So he's. Yeah.
0: So he'll obviously be on with Tucker tonight, and that's yep. uh, a recorded interview. Chris, can we also expect him to truth throughout the debate? I mean will he comment on what people are saying? Rapid response?
4: We'll, we'll, Well, the campaign, you know, our campaign is here
0: yeah in full, force. full force now we've seen um, right yeah. about yeah. it this morning yeah, yeah. See, yeah. This, is, this is this is this is the thing i'd yes. actually like to point so out so we're going to because- be
4: engaged the entire time yeah uh we're going to be engaged the entire time as it, you know as if you know president trump was here um because well he is going to be here right he is here right and you know he's going to be the most debated topic in this debate right so uh, of course we'll be here to engage and push back and and uh, and applaud um but uh, <laughs> but uh, you know it again at the same time we're not taking our eyes off the ball which is you know moving toward the real election which is the one in november 24th well,
8: so 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 back to the debate yeah.
4: tonight. yeah can you i mean the forum can
8: i get you to say a positive thing about one of the candidates who are gonna be on stage. Sure. Who are who is not Vivek Ramaswamy. <laughs> sure. Tim Scott is you think a Tim great, Scott?
4: is a great United States. You think, yeah.
8: you think he'll do a good job tonight? I do. Okay. I yeah. do. That is do. That, yeah. listen, As a matter of fact gracious, what, what a
4: gracious overshoot. I'm, I'm a very gracious guy. He, I mean, I mean I you know, uh Governor Bergum, God love him, blows his Achilles today. He got some great pre-game press, you know. He got all you know cracked up when I know, imagine
6: you're going to help him to the stage. You know, guys. with
4: this with this crutch, talking about you know farmers need to stand up and on two feet, which they I love don't it. be dogging for I love it. We love it. Oh, fellas,
6: too. we we, we, we need to move on. But Chris, I can't thank you enough for consistently fun. coming here, defending not only President Trump but just like having fun with the fellows. Yeah. Yes, I really appreciate you doing this. Hey, thanks, guys. Thanks a bunch. Thank you so we'll you much. So thank so indeed, everybody. Great to thank see you. you. So much. That was fueled by America's oil and natural gas. You can find more at api.org. We will be right back after this short break.
8: This episode is fueled by the American Petroleum Institute. No matter your politics, no matter the debate, one thing is certain. America runs on affordable, reliable energy. America's policies must recognize that Americans benefit from making, moving, and improving the energy right here in America. Today, America's oil and natural gas industry supports nearly 11 million jobs and provides American energy to keep this nation strong. Learn how at api.org.
1: Congress is considering a proposal to send even more of your hard-earned money to Ukraine. And here's the worst part. They're holding hostage disaster relief money for Americans until they get their way. That's just plain wrong. Your family's contribution already totals roughly $900 for Ukraine. Until Joe Biden offers a plan to end the war, Congress shouldn't approve another cent. The Heritage Foundation is responsible for the content of this advertisement. Since
0: 1985, Americans for Tax Reform has stood up for taxpayers. ATR fights IRS corruption and tax increases at every level, including through the Taxpayer Protection Pledge. 231 members of Congress, 18 governors, and hundreds of state legislators have signed this commitment to oppose and vote against tax increases. Find out if your candidate has taken the pledge at ATR.org.
11: Congratulations, AARP. Over a billion dollars. Wow. That's what AARP was paid in corporate royalties in a single year, totaling over $9 billion through the last decade. Most of it derived from United Health, one of the nation's largest health insurance corporations. So wait, AARP earned billions partnering with big insurers while also lobbying Congress on changes to Medicare? AARP advocates for who exactly these days? Paid for by American Commitment.
7: Illegal Chinese vapes are flowing over our southern border, and the Biden administration is letting it happen. Well, the Border Security Alliance is holding them accountable. A lot of these products contain dangerous drugs like fentanyl, and they're showing up in communities across America. It's time to take a stand. Demand that Biden do his job and clear the smuggled contraband out of our towns. Join the Border Security Alliance to stop the flow of illegal disposable vapes from China and Mexico. Together, we can create a stronger and safer
6: nation. Paid for by the Border Security Alliance. Welcome back to the Ruthless Friday program. Thank you all, and thank the good people of Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Good Lord. Wonderful
7: crowd. Just love it. Look at those bobbleheads,
6: huh? Got a lot of them out there. That's terrific. Uh,
7: and how yeah. about that ad read? That was a really great ad it was read. was
6: Outstanding. You did a great job with that. I was talent. it Chris? I always bring my best.
0: You know what? Your voice was wonderful. <laughs>
10: that's Can't beat I... the voice. A nice right intonation. That's
6: right. And that's coming from the voice himself. Hell of a compliment. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Well, it is a little hot out of here, fellas, but everybody oh. doing okay?
0: You know, I'm doing great. Yeah? I am absolutely. The energy here yeah. is incredible. Totally. It's everything we were hoping it would be. Yes. I, I'm a little worried if I...
7: This is the best crowd you could ever hope to have. These folks are just super into it, and that's just like, I don't care how hot yes, it yes, is. Let's go! I'm just yes. having such a great time. We how have about the, best the fat folks.
8: heads? I love the fat heads.
7: I know.
6: So it's great. so good.
8: I'm a little concerned, though, that if I eat some of this hog that we got here uh, on the rotisserie, uh, I'm gonna get the meat sweats. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on, on top, on
0: top, are of you the on the top sweats,
6: Are you referring
8: to Duncan's hog? My hog. <laughs> with the sauces.
6: We put the sauces on Duncan's. How? Yeah, yeah,
8: yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right.
6: <laughs> uh, shout out to Joey Brackets over there, by the way. If, if for those of you who follow around with the uh, Ruthless Variety Program in our Hack Madness Thank tournament you so much. every year that we do with the worst journalists in America, that guy uh, over there with the tie, looking totally professional, shaking his head and he brings
7: all the hack bracket coverage. That's the guy it's, it's who follows. The tournament.
6: Yeah, he's like the Clark Kellogg of bad journalists. <laughs> He, he, he makes it happen. I love that. All right, so one of the things we want to do for everybody is provide a little bit of insight from our perspective about what you can expect tonight and what we think people need to do. And we've all chosen different candidates that we think we want to emphasize here and give an overview of what should and what should not Happen tonight in order to succeed. 100%. And like one of the things that I've said, I was on Fox this morning, we were talking about it. And like my view is this is not a survive and advance debate. Mm -hmm. This is like one of those things, normally speaking, when you get to the first debate for a Republican primary that's an open seat, you're challenging a Democrat. What you're dealing with is a campaign that's like, just don't. Yeah, don't make any mistakes. Don't rock the, the bed. Ball. Let's right. just, like, keep going. Just right. Keep right. 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 Like you just, you have to have a good performance, not a great performance. Right. So, I'm not sure that's the case
8: tonight. What do you guys think? No, I, I think this is do or die for yep. a lot of these campaigns. I mean, if you are. You know, not supporting President Trump, and you support one of the candidates that are going to be on stage tonight. You got to feel a little bit of anxiety. I yeah. mean, what Las vita said is obviously true about Donald Trump leading in the polls by yeah. a huge, huge, huge margin. And so you look at this field as large as it is, and you say to yourself, "We got to have a breakout moment, and we got to do it tonight."
7: You know, you brought this up at breakfast, homes and I think that is a very critical point, And I hope a lot of you know these campaigns take it to heart. You have one candidate; they didn't show up tonight. They're up what 40 points in the polls so the only way you can hope to start heading towards maybe a one-on-one situation is you have to have a breakout performance tonight. yeah that's
6: entirely there's true no there's
7: no hoping for something to happen at the next debate yeah if you there, i don't think there's more than a few tickets to get out of here
6: no i i completely agree with you let's get to some clips to break down specifically what it is that we're talking about the first one is going to be R- governor ron DeSantis. obviously I Big target on his back, being the guy yeah, we got some who nice was, who right was here. number two. And he formulated his entire campaign as the guy who was going to be the alternative to Donald Trump. How that's worked out over the last couple months, anybody's guess. Tonight's his real chance to reestablish his footing here. Here's the first clip that I'd like to play.
9: Leadership matters. We
6: refuse to use polls and put our finger in the wind. Leaders don't follow. They lead. So this is Ron DeSantis at the height of his political powers. This is the night that he won re-election in Florida by a record margin. Huge win. That the entire country tuned in first because it was East Coast time zone. Yeah. And looked at him looking presidential sounding presidential, talking about how leadership matters and not talking about how to tailor make your message to try to not offend people. Right. And I think that this, in particular, from my perspective, is what he needs to get back to here tonight. I this is the biggest thing that he needs to convey. This guy, you can see in the Oval Office, you could watch him walk out into a NATO, NATO meeting and provide the kind of leadership that people sort of respect, Mm -hmm. and you know that he's not worried about what other people think of him. That, in my view, is like the number one thing that he needs to accomplish. You guys got any thoughts?
8: Yeah, I mean, I I agree with you 100%. I think, um, you know, he's a lawyer by trade, and my one fear with Ron DeSantis is if he does too much explaining And not scoring points, he can get himself into trouble Mm -hmm. um, in the back and forth with other candidates. Well, I
6: think so. So I'm going to get to that. Actually, that is a very, very Very well-timed segue to clip number two. Let's give that one a play.
9: For example, we're going to create something called Schedule F. Anybody that has any policymaking role is going to be Mm recategorized, not subject to civil so right. we have a lot of levers at our disposal, and we are going to push those levers because we cannot have a situation where we, the people, have the bureaucracy, unelected, constantly imposing its will on us. We're going to
6: repose, impose our will on it. To your point, Duncan, this is a very smart guy. Yeah, He doesn't sort of like land on a position No, so much as he studies what it is that gives him that position. The problem that he has as a political candidate on a national stage often is that he feels the need to explain to you what Schedule F Nobody cares. actually is. Nobody
8: cares what Schedule F is. Just say you're going to be able to fire whoever the hell you want.
6: There it's you as go. simple as that. that. Yeah. But
8: the, and the thing is, he can say that
0: with some credibility because yeah. he has gone through the Florida bureaucracy with a meat cleaver. Yeah. And he fired someone the other day who was not prosecuting crime in the, in Orlando. These they, I think I saw a stat that showed... Forty-two percent of crimes had not been had and not actually been charged, and he he looked at that and he was like, "This is this is not acceptable," and he took the person out. And I think that's what a lot of voters are interested in seeing. So layering the in president. the
6: accomplishment in I, addition to his view. Yeah, yeah, no, no
8: one can argue. No one can argue that the guy has an incredible record that he's accomplished in Florida, and he won a state that used to be a swing state by twenty points, right? But he has to pick his moments and be very, very concise and clear in the rhetoric. The one trouble is, though, is because he knows so much, he says too much sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With the schedule. F yeah, thing. I think that's
6: right, and Spag, I want your reaction to the next clip. We've got uh, the the third one. It's a bit self-serving.
10: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But I
6: felt like it was a good one because honestly, we just saw it last week. Let's play clip three. Why are you running?
9: And I can tell you, you know, I'm running because this country's in decline. Simply managing decline isn't going to be acceptable. We have to reverse the decline. But doing that is not about me. It's about you and it's about the American people. It's that agenda that matters. And I I may be a vessel for that. I'm a leader, uh, but ultimately uh, I'm running to do something. I'm not running to be somebody or because it's about me. So we've got to have an agenda that's going to hold Biden accountable for his bad governance and his failures, but is also going to offer the American people a positive way out of this mess. And I will do do that.
6: So this obviously was with the Ruthless Friday program last week in Iowa. I thought he was at his absolute best. There was a, a sense of a little bit self deprecation, yep. a little bit of, of because look, he's a very smart guy and smart people often come off on a national stage as being a little bit arrogant. Right. This was not the case here.
7: Sure I remember after that event, I sent out a tweet saying that I think this is the best that I've seen Ron DeSantis since he announced. That was that's his message well, we, right there. You know what
8: he benefited from, Smug? He spent ten minutes, fifteen minutes in the room. he sat down on a Booth, and he watched the show, yep. and he hung out, and he had some Guinness with uh, with his wife and the, everybody that was sitting there in the in the booth, and he relaxed. And if he thing. gets out there tonight and he gets into that mode of relaxing, yep. I think he's going to do fantastic. The other thing, and I think the fact that Donald Trump is not here and this benefits Ron DeSantis, is if you look at all the viral moments that Ron DeSantis had as governor of Florida, in those exchanges with the media and the press conferences. He's always returning fire, right? He's getting a question. He thinks it's unfair or they're they're, they're characterizing something um, that isn't accurate, and he responds in kind, and he is on fire when he does that. I'm telling you, if everybody on this stage tonight attacks him
6: in the same way, I think he's going to be just fine. Fascinating. Look, I think that's good analysis. We want to get to more. Uh, just a reminder: this segment is brought to you by Heritage Foundation. You find out more at heritage.org. Great organization, great, by the way. They provide incredible amount of information that we use in the Ruthless Variety Program, and I'm sure it's good for arguing with your relatives at Thanksgiving. 100%. Right? So uh, you got to look at that. So, all right, smash! Mm-hmm. I think you got our next segment here. Uh, Nikki Haley. I, I,
0: I sure do. And as you guys know, tonight's debate is not strictly a contest among men. In fact, one of the most accomplished candidates on stage tonight will be a woman. Nikki Haley is a successful businesswoman. She's been a governor. And she, of course, was the U.S. ambassador to the United Nations. And we spent some time talking to Nikki Haley's campaign today about what we might hear tonight. And fellas, I think we can expect to see her foreign policy chops on full display. Lee, let's go to clip number
12: two. Last year we gave over fifty billion dollars in foreign aid. Do you know who we gave it to? We gave it to Pakistan that harbored terrorists that tried to kill our soldiers. We gave it to Iraq that has Iranian influence that says death to America. We gave it to Zimbabwe that's the most anti-American African country out there. We gave it to Belarus who's holding hands with Russia as they invade Ukraine. We gave money to communist Cuba who we named a state sponsor of terrorism. And, yes, the most unthinkable, we give money to China. When I am president, we will stop giving money to countries that hate America.
10: So her her campaign,
0: very powerful, and her campaign says to expect her to project strength tonight. And not only will she walk through that point, but I think she's also going to challenge
8: some of her competitors on their foreign policy bona fides as well, and I, Michael, I, I think I, yeah, I think that's extremely smart because it's her wheelhouse, right? I mean, this was somebody who was ambassador to the UN. Nobody on that stage can speak to the minutiae of foreign policy and get very specific in a way that Nikki Haley can. And I mean, you just listen to in the clip; it, she she has the benefit of being, you know, very deep in her knowledge of foreign policy, and the ability to make it approved for consumption on the campaign trail. Mm-hmm. That's a tough thing to do. Donald Trump did it very well, and that's obviously one of the reasons he was so successful in 2016. You remember that um, debate in South Carolina? where China, he, China, China, And he called out uh, Jeb in the war in Iraq. Uh, but Nikki is, is absolutely fantastic. It's where she shines is on foreign policy. I expect she'll do very good on the issue. Well, she also shines when people test her. And I don't know if you
0: guys remember, but when Don Lemon said she was past her prime, she did not sit back. Lee, let's play the next clip
12: you read the poll numbers of how I do with independents and suburban women and all of those they know that I am the biggest threat that liberals have ever seen and they're scared about it but what I'll tell you is you want to tell me I'm past my prime hold my beer and watch this because I'm telling you <laughs> where we are going to take America is going to change all of that and they know how hard I'll work and they know how tough
6: I am bring it we're ready so
0: there's a lot of personality You got to that spin
6: next. that up I mean that that is what I'm talking about when I said this is not a survive in advance debate. What you just heard yep. is the tone that is necessary from these candidates. Mm-hmm. You need somebody to be fired up and wound around the axle. Smug.
7: I'd say, yes, like Duncan pointed out, she has great, you know, foreign policy chops. She's very well versed on issues. She has a lot of likability. That's something that's that's mm-hmm. rare. It's tough to get, you know, an energy that voters actually Hey, I want to hang out with this person. Yeah. I think I could see myself having she, a
8: she's with this She's very, very likable. Yep. But what I noticed at our event in Iowa, just I guess ten days ago or you know whenever, um, was she's both likable, but she's getting a little frustrated. Mm. Frustrated with the others in the field. Yeah, she's starting to sharpen the knives a little bit. The rhetoric's getting a little more pointed and direct, mm-hmm. and I expect she's going to do a lot of that tonight.
6: It's the give and factor. As yeah, call
8: it on the roof. That's right. That's well, right. like to your effect. whole point earlier, Holmes. This is high stakes. This debate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, people got it's it's moving day. If we were if we were playing golf, it'd be moving day.
6: It's moving day. No, and no it, question. It,
8: and, and the
0: moving day does not work if you don't have a team to be able to help you get to the next level. We talk about how. Skilled, the Trump team has actually been this cycle. Nikki Haley's team is just as good. They are stat, very, very stat. good. They no question great, about great team
6: it. Over there. No question about it. So I feel like I'm indulging you too much here, because please, please like do. you know, I mean, for those of you listening to the variety program, we get too much Bengals talk, too much Cincinnati. <laughs> oh God, <laughs> we're going to talk about Ohio. I uh, uh, we don't have any choice. Okay, we don't have any choice, and and so uh, Ashbrook. Please enlighten us as to the Cincinnati native uh, Vivek Ramaswamy.
0: Fellas, it's been said that if you want to succeed in life, pick out a good father and mother and begin in Ohio. (laughs) (laughs) Unbelievable. (laughs) Terrific. And rookie sensation Vivek Ramaswamy is going to test that theory tonight. Mm -hmm. He's not only the youngest guy on stage, but he's also at times the most eloquent. I've never heard him stammer. I've never heard him stutter. Mm -hmm. And he is the kind of guy who actually can stand and deliver. And let me give you an example with this first clip.
2: We need an answer to the question of what it even means to be an American today. I have a vision on the answer to that question. I think it has been a long time since Ronald Reagan that we had someone who led from the White House with an actual positive vision of this country that is grounded in the truth. And that's the way I'm going to lead. And that's what called me into this race. Even though I'm young, I think that actually helps me reach the next generation far more effectively than an old generation of professional politicians.
6: To your point, Smash, no stutters, no stammers, very clear. Right, and I think that that
0: sounded to me an awful lot like a message that we could hear tonight. And one of the things I'll be watching for is if he actually does stammer, you will know that a candidate has gotten into his head. If he has a hard time responding. Because
6: that's the other side of the coin, right? I mean, fellas, look, Vivek, as talented as he is, and he's incredibly talented. We've known him long before he ran for president in the first place. Uh, He's not been on this stage. Right. He's not been on Pfizer Forum. He's not had millions of people watching him. But on top of that, he's not actually had someone to to say, hey, what would you think about when you said this?
8: Right. Right. Well, he had a little bit of controversy recently after his comments about getting to the truth of 9-11, how many federal agents were on those airplanes on 9-11 and all of that sort of stuff. And he did Caitlin Collins' show on CNN the other day, got some pushback, claimed that he'd been misquoted by the reporter and they didn't give the, him the recording. And then they released the recording and it shows he said exactly what he said. Yeah. I, what I'm wondering, I guess my the issue with, with Vivek, is he is incredibly polished. His you know, red, his rhetoric is 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 always on point. The problem is he, sometimes he just talks too much. Mm-hmm. He talks too much and gets himself in a little bit of trouble mm-hmm. here and there. I mean, I'm half expecting him to say, "We need to know the truth about you know Doug Burgum tearing his Achilles heel, and yeah. that there were federal agents there that took him out at the basketball game." <laughs> You know, well, <laughs> fellas, this is a it, deep state conspiracy. No doubt. There, was, there were feds on the grassy knoll watching <laughs> him play basketball and they <laughs> took out his Achilles. It's a false flag operation for him to get a boost in the polls.
2: Let's go to the Capitol.
8: Well, this this
0: this, this may be his first appearance in a presidential debate, but he is no stranger to interaction with hostile questioning. Yep. You mentioned Caitlin Collins. He also had a famous interaction with Don Lemon, that happened just a couple of months ago. Let's go to that tape.
2: So With due respect, I find I find your explanation reductive and actually insulting, including to Black Americans, to say that Black people today, compared to 1964, 1865, haven't made progress in part because of the freedoms we secured. And the Second Amendment was we well, okay, secured Hang on, in that please. Frame. I
13: cannot keep a thought if you guys are talking to me in my ear. So, uh, hang on one second. So to say that that
2: Black people say, say what you said again. Black people secured their freedoms after the Civil War and is a historical fact, Don. Just study it, only after their Second black Amendment rights were secured. Well, here's right. where you and I have a different point of view. I think we should be able to express our views regardless of the color of our skin. We should have this debate I'm not saying you without shouldn't me express regarding your views, you as but a black man. Insulting that you're me sitting regarding here, you as a fellow citizen. That That's what I think you're saying.
3: Whatever ethnicity, you are explaining to me. whatever ethnicity, About what it's you. like to be black, whatever America. ethnicity I am, I'll tell you what
2: I am. I'm an Indian American, I'm proud of it. But I think we should have this debate. Black, white doesn't matter. I think we should have this debate the but content you should, of the ideas. If you're gonna do it,
3: you should do it in an honest way,
2: Look, in a I fair think- way.
6: <laughs> That's stronger than mule piss. It right. Is. right. Right. Because Don, not Don, a, and, and I
8: mean, can we part out the fact that Don Lemon is a historic a-hole?
7: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also, but that's the thing. It's dunking on Don Lemon. I mean, he's like one of the dumbest guys who's ever been handed a mic in front of a camera. Right. Yeah, but, <laughs> but, but, I mean, how is he going to perform when he's in a room of with Chris Christie? It's it's like, this Chris is, Christie's this, a professional killer. This this right. be on stage with him tonight. This
0: mm-hmm. is a fair question, but I think that what he demonstrated on CNN, he, this guy is a rookie. Remember, he's just learning this process. What he demonstrated in a very uncomfortable comfortable contentious conversation that he is not going to back down this is a guy that will hold his own and i expect him to do this i love that tonight
6: that's great stuff we need to transition to the next one because we're going to keep breezing through we've got uh tim scott
8: yeah uh i have tim scott uh and i think there is nobody on that debate stage tonight that does personal biography stronger than tim scott um You know, this is a guy who's talked about his grandfather, talks about his mom, and he always finds a way to relate it back to, uh, you know, the content of the interview or the issue that's being discussed. Let's go to the first clip.
13: My grandfather's 99th birthday would have been tomorrow. Growing up, he had to cross the street if a white person was coming. He suffered the indignity of being forced out of school as a third grader to pick cotton, He never learned to read or write. Yet, he lived long enough to see his grandson become the first African American to be elected to both the United States House and the United States Senate in the history of this country. Our family went from cotton to Congress in one lifetime.
8: Bio. yeah, cotton to Congress in one lifetime. I mean, it's an incredible... Story And it sort of de- defangs um, the rhetoric that happens on the left. Well, it annihilates the, love.
6: the narrative of the left.
8: Right. And, he, and, and you know, uh, this isn't a surprise, but he's also the most positive candidate mm-hmm. around, mm-hmm. even in a difficult environment. I don't right. know how that's going to play tonight, right? you know, if everybody's sniping at each other. But do you remember when he did that interview on The View? Mm-hmm. And you've got, got...
7: Okay, here's the thing about that interview on The View. Yeah. He got run over. Yeah. They destroyed him on The View. I felt bad for the guy watching that. Like, Joy Behar, everybody, they, they were, or Joy Well, they they're they were terrible just, people. Shit, but, like, the rest of the view cast have is just dunking on him and then saying, let's go to commercial. And come back and be like, let me talk. They dunk on him some more. Can I and say, let's go to commercial? Can I respond, though? How can he deal I with that? I think,
8: I get what you're saying, Smug. And, yeah, it was obviously tough. I don't think there's anybody on that debate stage tonight who could have. Like, done that with a smile on his face, the way that Tim Scott did. The way he sort of perseveres through adversity is really a breath of fresh air, I think, for a lot of, you know, people who are going to be watching tonight. Let's play number two on The View.
13: When my mother was born, about 10% of African Americans got a high school degree, diploma. Today, it's over 90%. When you look at the income, when you look at the income success that we've had. That's an HBCU stat. Well, listen, HBCU app is a good one because one of the reasons why I took the funding for HBCUs to the highest level in the history of the country and then I helped make it permanent is because I believe that education is the closest thing to magic in America. He
6: doesn't get shook. Locked in on an
13: issue yeah. also yeah. that nobody's
6: talking
8: about. He doesn't get shook even when he is interrupted during the middle of him talking about education. He, he gets back in. And not only does he respond to Sonny Hostin, mm-hmm. he reinforces the fact that he made that funding permanent, and then he closes it with the talker, Education is Magic in America, mm-hmm. right? Like, this is a guy who doesn't get shook off his game. I thought, it may be different than a lot of the other people who are going to be on stage tonight, but he's going to deliver exactly what
6: he wants. I thought it, that's interesting, right? Because I think, to Smug's point, like, look, we are used to firework moments when a conservative goes on a liberal show and they challenge him and they just sort of destroy him and it becomes viral and everything else. The opposite happened here in that he laid out his argument and you had Sonny Hostin nodding along like a bobblehead. Mm -hmm. Right. Having tried to completely take him out at the knees two seconds earlier, that's a different Mm -hmm. way of, like, multiple ways to skin a cat, obviously.
8: Yeah. But it's not just rhetoric. This is a guy who also knows a lot about policy, and he had the unenviable job during uh, the Trump tax cuts back in 2017, That he was doing all the rounds. Meet the press, Fox, CNN, and everything. Let's play clip number three.
13: Okay, but about 45% of Americans don't pay income tax, and many of those are the working poor. So how does it help them? Well, if you don't pay income taxes and we increase your refund by 40%, that is a direct dollar it's impact. It's like he's talking in to in a other words, You'll have more <laughs> money to use to keep those ends together. Those single mothers like mine who are working paycheck to paycheck, they will now not get a $9,300 deduction. We're doubling that deduction almost to $18,000 for a dual parent household. Income household, we're going from around twelve thousand seven hundred dollars for the standard deduction to around twenty four thousand. What we focused on is making sure that those folks who are struggling to get ahead in life have more of their own money, so that they can take care of the needs of their families and perhaps even have a night out.
0: Guys, guys, he has a great bio. He knows policy. I hope he brings more energy than that tonight. That's what I'm saying. Is what I, I'm, did,
7: did anyone here stay awake through that whole? So, so, like, what did he even say? I fell asleep halfway through.
8: So, but but what he does, what he does, what he does after that, and he's, he talks about his mom and her life and what this would do for people like his mom, and so he always finds a way to bring it back to that sort of stuff that animates him. And but I mean, he does think, have to turn up the volume. Oh, I mean, of to course. To Smug's point. I, mean, I he mean, mean, he can
7: articulate a point without reading every tax bracket this in the is, bill I'm introducing. Sure, but I think,
8: he, I, I think you underappreciate how dishonest the media was about those tax yeah, cuts. Yeah, I do, I do think it's, e- it's easy for a
0: Republican to fall into that rut because the media is always going to be dishonest. Right. They're always going to say the Dem talking point and make the Republican explain. And as we all know in this business, when you're explaining, you're losing. One of the great things that Tim Scott has is his background he doesn't need to explain himself to anybody yeah he is on the right side of every issue and if he stands and delivers and doesn't feel the need to explain tonight i think he's going to come out on very very
6: good point we want to get to the one grenade that you pull that you know if somebody pulls the pin out it's going to be an issue this happened in 2016. Yep. Uh Chris Christie. And by the way, while he's doing that, fellas, I don't know what we got going on here, but I could use another shotgunning of a beer up here. Getting a little dry. Okay. <laughs> uh
8: yeah, so obviously Chris Christie uh is what everybody's expecting to be uh you know, straight the, the guy who strafes the crowd. You know, I mean he's gonna yeah. be on that stage feeling like he wants to take somebody out. I think it's a matter of time before somebody says something stupid and Chris Christie wants to engage with them, right? Let's play uh, the first clip, which is uh, him and Rand Paul back in 2016.
14: I want to collect more
2: records from terrorists, but less records from innocent Americans. Listen,
3: Senator, you know, when you're sitting in a subcommittee just blowing hot air about this, you can say things like that.
8: Yes, yeah. classic. Well, well, because because what he does, what Chris Christie does in that clip and it's what Donald Trump did great in the 2016 debates as well, is he's breaking the fourth wall. Mm-hmm. He's talking to the audience both in the crowd and on TV and he he's showing you behind the curtain. He's also, like he's like this is a bit and this is what silly people can say at a subcommittee hearing. Let me tell you what it's like to be the governor.
6: Yeah. I think that's right. But look, I also think that he's got next next level stuff. Right. Right? A guy like Chris Christie can go into tonight's debate and have three things that he wants to say about every single person on the stage. Mm -hmm. And if somebody gives him the opportunity, he might unload the drawer. Yeah, right. And I think there's been a lot of talk in the mainstream media about, oh, he's going after DeSantis or, oh, he's going after Vivek or whatever. I don't know. I think if somebody tests Christy tonight, that might be a, a moment. My, my, and I don't know what that's going to also... If he tries to force it, by the way, yeah. if he tries to force the confrontation with DeSantis or Vivek or whoever, that's not great stuff. Also,
8: I think for some of the other candidates, this is free advice. If it's a glancing blow from Christie, Move on. Maybe take the pitch. <laughs> <laughs> because That's good advice. Because... Uh, Rand Paul found this out the hard way in clip number two. Let's go to clip number two.
6: I don't trust President Obama with our records. I know you gave him a big hug, and if you want to give him a big hug again, go right in.
3: And you know, you know, Senator Paul, Senator Paul, you know, the hugs that I remember, are the hugs that I gave to the families who lost their people mm. on September 11th. Those are the mm. hugs I remember and those had nothing to do and those had nothing to do with politics unlike what you're doing by cutting speeches on the floor of the Senate then putting them on the internet within a half an hour to raise money for your campaign right. and while still putting our country at risk.
0: Look, Vivek is going to have to watch out for that tonight. Yeah, a a, know,
3: you know he's getting
7: battered when the it's a body like, bag, all, right, right. all right, well, because what, Christie's doing,
8: what he's doing there, and I've said this so many times on the show, it's the reason why Donald Trump was so successful in 2016 is he revealed the theater of politics. Mm-hmm. And that's what Chris Christie does in that clip. He's like, not only are you full of crap, but I know that that was all a scheme for you to raise money after yeah. you did something on yeah, the Senate right. floor. And... When you do something like that, you're building a trust and authenticity with the audience. Christie needs that. Yeah. Yeah. He has to have that. If you look at his fave on faves with the Republican primary, boy, oh boy, does he need that. Yeah. But yeah. it could change a lot of minds. It obviously, you know, it worked for Donald Trump being big and brash, and he didn't have a conservative record in 2016. But the Republican Party became a party that was animated by a lot of attitudinal things, not necessarily you know, the uh, conservative accomplishments. And that's what Chris Christie also brings to the table
6: here. Do you think that, I mean, look, there's been two weeks of press about what Chris is going to do in this debate. Do you think it's advantageous, knowing what we said at the top, that somebody's got to stand out here? It's not a survive in advance. It's stand out or go home. Mm -hmm. Do you think it makes sense to somebody to try to go toe to toe? I I worry
8: about that uh, because of the next clip we're going to play with this uh, senator from
3: Florida. His name is Marco Rubio. (laughs) Let's play clip number three. You see, everybody, I want the people at home to think about this. That's what Washington, D.C. does. The drive-by shot at the beginning with incorrect and incomplete information, and then the memorized 25-second speech that is exactly what his
6: advisors gave him. Those are the facts. Here's the bottom line: this notion that Barack Obama doesn't know what he's doing is just not there true. There it is. He knows exactly what he's doing. There The memorized 25-second speech. There it is, the
3: well, that's the, that's there the it is everybody. Oh struck, god. Struck your
8: ear to ear. Oh my god.
3: Just body backed the
8: guy live <laughs> on TV. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, with the the greatest thing about that clip is he called his shot right earlier in the debate. He he says he laid you know, the trap. He laid so the brutal. trap, and then Marco walked right into the thing. Which is, back to my point, if Christie lands a glancing blow, maybe just let it pass. (laughs) You really don't want to engage with the guy again because he'll put you in a body bag. I mean, that's what this guy does. And, again, what did he do? He revealed the theater of politics. He went back to the fact that it's a scripted 25-second response. Again, he's having a conversation with the audience, not just a conversation with everybody up on stage. Yeah, Strong analysis. It it, 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 it is. I mean, you get this stuff for free. Can you believe that? Uh, So one, one final thing I wanted to play, because it's different than other Chris Christie stuff, and there's potential to see a little bit of this tonight because I know there's a lot of people, and I've been talking to some sources, and some people who are having conversations with Chris Christie, is this is a guy who also has red polls and knows he's got high unfavorables in a Republican primary. That's no surprise to anybody. And then he might want to appeal you know, to people by being a little bit more likable. Everybody's expecting Chris Christie the brawler, but you could see also a Chris Christie who tries to rise above things. Let's play clip number four.
3: While I'm as entertained as anyone by this personal back and forth about the history of Donald and Carly's career for the 55 year old construction worker out in that audience tonight who doesn't have a job, who can't fund his child's education. I got to tell you the truth. They could care less about your careers. They care about theirs. Let's start talking about that on this stage and stop playing and stop playing the games. Stop King, and, there's, there's, John, I'm not done yet, John A track Sorry. record of and leadership and is up, not a stop, game stop, It is an issue in Carly, this election Carly, listen, you can interrupt everybody else on this stage You can't interrupt me, okay? The oh, fact yeah. is that We don't want to hear about your careers back and forth and volleying back and forth about who did well and who did poorly. You're both successful people. Congratulations. You know who's not successful? The middle class in this country who's getting plowed over by Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton. Let's start talking about the O's issues tonight and stop this childish back and forth between the two of them. Yeah.
8: So that's sort of a different Chris Christie. And I think But he's also controlling.
6: Yes. The tempo. Yes. Right. Because. Look, not everybody on stage has the capability of controlling the tempo Mm -hmm. of a debate. Very good point. This is an example of someone who, regardless of what somebody else wanted to do, he controlled the tempo. He
8: holds serve the entire time. If he starts talking, he gets the last word every time, no matter how many times people interrupt him. Not everybody can do that. You've got to be able to do that on a debate stage where it gets really chippy when you got eight people on the stage.
6: Yeah, he's going to have to make the most out of his moments. The last one that we want to get to, I know it's an old hobby horse that at is this right. point of yours, Smug. Uh, he made us eat rattlesnake. That's right. It is one of the big side stories of this debate itself in that last night the man tore his Achilles.
7: That's right. So as everyone here probably already knows, Governor Burgum tore his Achilles. So he's a game-time decision if he's going to show up. But also, like
6: let's not just gloss over that. I mean, you all recall, as we played in our intro, the Governor Perry situation where he was on some painkillers because he had a back surgery. Yeah. He blanked out and forgot the third department that he was going to eliminate. Yeah, real tough. Into the campaign. Yeah. <laughs> right? This is a guy who, last night, it's not like this is something that he's had for three weeks. Yesterday, he (laughs) suffered a debilitating injury. Yeah. And this is his first and probably only significant shot at capturing the attention of the American people and what his message is and what he's going to do. We've talked a lot about it on the program. This is the one big opportunity he said he's playing through the pain.
7: So, so we know he's got this Achilles tear. We know it's a debilitating injury, and it's been reported as a game time decision. Can I get uh, clip number two, Wolf?
5: <laughs> what a clip! Wow, feels like uh, ESPN Game Day in here. What do you think about that? <laughs>
7: Folks, I got a text from his campaign. He is going to be here tonight. Oh, Oh, wow. 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 Wow, You're breaking news. Playing through an Achilles tear, not taking any painkillers because he wants to be completely there. This is like
8: like the Michael Jordan flu game in the NBA Finals. The towel
1: over the head. Incredible. That's the thing.
8: His team has confirmed to you. They
7: have. I got a text since we went live. They said, the gov's going to be there. Wow. Playing So and so so tell me like what you what
6: know, look, we all know the how the Michael Jordan flu game turned out. Exactly. Uh, 38 what separates points. what separates this from the Kirk Gibson running around the bases from like the Rick Perry thing that we saw in 2012.
7: I'm, I'm really glad you asked. Could we get uh, clip number 3 wolf?
5: Instead of shutting down American oil and gas, we should unleash energy production and start selling energy to our allies instead of buying it from our enemies. High taxes, red tape, and inflation are choking every American. As governor, we cut red tape and took North Dakota from billions in the hole to a surplus. We balanced the budget every year, and we did it all while passing the largest tax cuts in North Dakota history. States created the federal government, not the other way around. Let's shrink the federal government and return power to the states. That's the thing. His record is
7: incredible. Yeah. The state went from a deficit, he cut taxes, they're at a surplus. He has passed bill after bill that is on a conservative wish list. Mm -hmm. The only issue he's facing is name ID, and that's why... He's playing through the paint. This yeah. is a
6: Michael it's Jordan an incredible, performance. It's an incredible deal. It's it is.
7: I don't think he's going to miss his opportunity.
0: It is. This is a guy who's been counted out his entire life. Grew up in a town of 300 people. Chimney Sweep. Chimney Sweep.
6: Dick Van Dyke and Mary Poppins. And, built,
0: built a company and hired people from North Dakota. Sold it for a billion dollars. Yeah. The guy is the American dream.
7: And, and can I say the strongest thing I've ever heard him say is this is like you said. This is someone who has come from nothing to building a billion dollar company. He said, I can understand how to lead because I had the kind of job where you take a shower at the end of the day when you come home from work Mm. than before you head in. This is someone who's built themselves from nothing, and he's ready to lead.
8: Look, I think he has the potential to have a breakout moment tonight. The one thing I worry about with Doug Burgum is he's got that Midwest humility. He doesn't know when to brag on himself. That's true. He needs to brag on himself because what he's done as governor of North Dakota and his bio alone, It's incredible Incredible. stuff, and it it would appeal to anybody in a Republican primary electorate. But sometimes he forgets to talk about all the accomplishments he's had.
7: That's what he needs to do tonight.
6: Yeah, no, it's well done, well done. Listen, we've got to keep it moving along. We've got some very important guests. Thank you for the analysis, gentlemen. I think that was very, very valuable. We have the bell of the ball. Oh, man, I can't wait. The bell of the ball. RNC Chair Ronna McDaniel. There she is. There she is. Come on up. I mean, I'll, I'll be frank with you. Oh this Thanks. is thank you so much. Such an thank honor.
7: Thank you so much,
6: Ronna. Really? I, I don't know if you fully understand what a risk that you took by inviting <laughs> the fellas in front of your big day here.
12: Are you really feeling like it's an honor when it's 110 degrees <laughs> out? <laughs> And you're all... Why are you wearing suits? It's because it's game we're day. It's
10: game day. You look like
12: Secret Service. I'm
10: sorry, I put my sunglasses on? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, sure. welcome to the... Yeah. Show. Okay. There there go. Go. yeah, right? Oh, you look you
12: great. I'm not going to do that. <laughs>
6: because we're professionals, Donna.
12: You're professionals, yeah. Josh? We're okay. we're trying.
6: We're trying our very best.
12: Just a little little sweatier than normal.
6: <laughs> we have tried, yeah, <laughs> a little sweatier than normal.
12: I have my fan. You want me to lend it to you?
6: Oh, yeah. Feel that. Yeah. Oh, that's, oh, that's fantastic. Nice. Is
0: that fantastic? We're, yeah, I think we should leave the fan over. On this we side. love
12: it's ruthless. You love guys, it. this is awesome. Look at it's this. so
6: great. It's so awesome. Great. Hey, everyone. And, it's and, awesome. And, and thank you so much again for this opportunity. So I hope you don't mind. I've got to write. We have great sponsors, as yes. I know you do. Yes. Uh, and great donors and great people that are part of this. This particular segment is brought to you by Commitment to Seniors. Commitment to Seniors is a project of American commitment. The mission of a program is to shed light on AARP's public policy positions, actions and inactions, as AARP's advocacy and political engagements, and how they impact their members and their financial partners. You can learn more at seniors.org. Rana, this is so awesome. We went into the... Forum, did you go in? It's awesome. I mean, what a show! It's a show.
12: It's the stage is unbelievable. Fox has pulled out all the stops. I mean, Rumble, Young America's Foundation, and Ruthless. What more can we ask <laughs>
10: for? <laughs> what more can you ask for?
12: What more can we ask for? It's really amazing.
6: So, look, I, there's a couple- and a
12: battleground state, right? And a must-win state,
6: exactly, let's, right?
12: Let's not forget Wisconsin and the city of Milwaukee because mm-hmm. they've been great.
6: If you understand town. that deeply, right? Coming from Michigan, a state that President Trump won in 2016 that was instrumental in giving the Republicans the White House. Correct. Here we are in Wisconsin, a state he also won that is tricky. It's tricky. It's a purple state. You guys are investing an incredible amount in both early vote, uh, ground game, making sure that everybody is going out and, and banking their vote early. That's it. There it oh, is. Make yeah. yeah. your vote. Yeah. Make yeah, your vote. That's... Text.
12: Text bank to 80810. I have one of these for all of you. Oh, well, Thank we're going to wear it. You guys want to switch out of your suits? Gonna,
0: <laughs> I'm going to wear
6: that tonight. Uh, honestly, after we take the commercial break. We if have we shirts just, for you. If we come back and I'm just wearing a tie, don't be shocked.
12: Yeah, <laughs> we have a wardrobe change for you. But bank your vote. I mean, this is key. Listen, you guys are operatives. You understand the ground game the earlier you bank your vote yep. say you have 45 days to vote if if you're a high propensity voter don't make us chase you for 45 days yeah. get your vote in and let us free that money up to go after swing voters and independent voters and that's going to help us wisconsin democrats bank roughly 40% of their vote before yeah. election day yeah well, i I,
8: I love that you get down to the brass tax here and the brass tax are it's money
12: It's money. It's money.
8: And I know people hate getting the text messages. They hate getting the phone calls. Hey, we know you have a ballot. Turn it in. The quickest way to end that is to turn it in.
12: I said that last time I was on. save the money. Yeah. Yeah, I said it when I was on last time. You want the robocalls to end? Yeah. You want us to stop bugging you? (laughs) Get your ballot in. And then we'll have a whole series of poll watchers, poll workers, and lawyers on the ground to protect the vote even during the early voting period.
6: Can I ask you about different different segments of the electorate? Everybody sure. votes differently, right? Uh, the one thing that we've talked about with early votes and making sure everybody... That, that's across demographics. There's a, been a big concern, particularly in 22, about how seniors basically haven't had a ton of opportunity or not talked to specifically by campaigns yeah. about how to go vote, right? And... Obviously, when you've got Joe Biden who is spending electric car money that could yes. be used for Medicare, these people should be motivated. Yes. And I know you guys have a plan for
10: this.
12: We do. And, and also seniors, many of them are on a fixed income. Mm-hmm. So bite inflation, when eggs go up a certain amount or your car insurance, that affects a family that's on a fixed income that's retired. So seniors are critical. But we're going to have to knock their door and get out and engage them in a way that's different than maybe, say, my 20-year-old who I can get on TikTok Is or your Facebook. 20-year-old
10: here, by the she way? She sure is.
12: She sure there is. There she is. is. There she
6: is. My what 20-year-old voter.
12: I know. She's. I'm trying to figure out who she's going to vote for.
8: Did your son move into the dorm?
12: My, what's the deal? My son moved into college yesterday. Yeah.
11: Oh, man. You met him, Nash. Yeah. He was on the program. Breaking.
12: He wore his program sweatshirt that's to move good. into college. And I haven't heard (laughs) from (laughs) him.
6: So, I mean, look, we all remember it. You probably did the same thing, right? right. Did you cry?
12: No, because I was here. I didn't get to move him in. So my husband, Pat, shout out to the best dad. Pat definitely cried,
6: no question. No, he did not. He (laughs) called
12: me. He's like, It's done. And then uh, we planned a cruise and a couple empty nester vacations oh, after wow. the election. <laughs> well,
6: listen, I don't want to keep you out in this heat. You got a big it's show to host. Big show to host. I'm, I'm to cool host. as
12: a cucumber compared to you guys. <laughs> I
6: mean, you look great. Thank
12: you. You so guys are fun. the best.
6: Thank
8: you for having Thank us. You guys yeah, so are the
12: coolest. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming to Milwaukee and setting up your show. Of course. And, and bank, bank the vote, for all you everybody. Bank, bank the, the vote. vote. Bank your vote. Bank your vote. Bank your vote. 80810. Text bank. Absolutely. Yeah, We're going to be right
8: back after these messages. This episode is fueled by the American Petroleum Institute. No matter your politics, no matter the debate, one thing is certain. America runs on affordable, reliable energy. America's policies must recognize that Americans benefit from making, moving, and improving the energy right here in America. Today, America's oil and natural gas industry supports nearly 11 million jobs. And provides American energy to keep this nation strong. Learn how at api.org.
1: Congress is considering a proposal to send even more of your hard-earned money to Ukraine. And here's the worst part. They're holding hostage disaster relief money for Americans until they get their way. That's just plain wrong. Your family's contribution already totals roughly $900 for Ukraine. Until Joe Biden offers a plan to end the war, Congress shouldn't approve another cent. The Heritage Foundation is responsible for the content of this advertisement.
0: Since 1985, Americans for Tax Reform has stood up for taxpayers. ATR fights IRS corruption and tax increases at every level, including through the Taxpayer Protection Pledge. 231 members of Congress, 18 governors, and hundreds of state legislators have signed this commitment to oppose and vote against tax increases find out if your candidate has taken the pledge at atr.org.
11: Congratulations AARP over a billion dollars. Wow. That's what AARP was paid in corporate royalties in a single year, totaling over 9 billion dollars through the last decade. Most of it derived from United Health, one of the nation's largest health insurance corporations. So, wait. AARP earned billions partnering with big insurers while also lobbying Congress on changes to Medicare. AARP advocates for who exactly these days? Paid for by American Commitment.
7: Illegal Chinese vapes are flowing over our southern border, and the Biden administration is letting it happen. Well, the Border Security Alliance is holding them accountable. A lot of these products contain dangerous drugs like fentanyl, and they're showing up in communities across America. It's time to take a stand. Demand that Biden do his job and clear the smuggled contraband out of our towns. Join the Border Security Alliance to stop the flow of illegal disposable vapes from China and Mexico. Together, we can create a stronger and safer nation. Paid for by the Border Security Alliance.
6: Welcome back to the Ruthless Friday program here at Pfizer Arena in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I got to tell you, uh, I have mixed feelings about our next guest because <laughs> he's a gentleman. He's always been very good to the program. I enjoy him at a personal level at uh not a level that i i, I usually give the respect to every I, I, I like him i like him but he likes to take shots he's he, i mean he's a he's a little snippy
14: i, I wouldn't say too snippy
6: i mean <laughs> I, it's an honor to be here John. television personality guy benson how, how are be you here? sir
14: i'm delighted to be here i'm honored i mean the the lineup here how did i make it in I was planning to be just back here with my homemade sign, smug as five ten. (laughs) Yes, baking in the sun here, but I had to put that away because I'm on the show. No, but honestly,
7: you know, given the character risk, we appreciate you hanging out with us. Like, it's a huge risk, and we
14: always like having you aboard. I spoke to multiple attorneys about this. (laughs) (laughs) Eventually, got the the green light. I was advised not to drink yet, so I'm going to hold off on that. But this is spectacular. Aside from the heat, this is. uh, Are you drinking white cloth? It's the only thing that our uh, uh, folks have out here.
0: Okay. I, I, we have there's a roses. rumor. There's well, a rumor. News. There's a rumor. If you drink a white claw, it helps you grow an inch. Smug's trying to get to six can, feet.
8: Can you get me the, can you give me the uh,
0: you want four that? roses? Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
6: We, no, hey, and you know what? Get that guy in the end some, too. Yeah. I mean, oh it's boy. just like well, I feel like we have, we have yet to ruin his career. <laughs> guy, listen. Sounds like an you aspiration. Are, you Thank are, uh, I think, for many people in our universe, Uh a voice of reason, somebody who thinks about these things, somebody who is most interested in deriving facts and making analysis about what it all means. Mm-hmm. If you look at this debate tonight, you got eight people on stage who are trailing by 40 points. What needs to happen?
14: Well, someone has to emerge. And I think, for example, if you're going to talk about the guy who's front and center tonight, Governor Ron DeSantis, founder of the program. He's been on this yep. show multiple times. You know, he has not had a campaign that has gone according to plan. I think they would admit that. They've had some tumult at the top. They haven't really executed in the way that they thought they would. It's not a make-or-break moment for DeSantis tonight, necessarily, but it's close. Because Mm -hmm. you can do the reset, the reboot, once if you're falling short of expectations. You can't reboot after the reboot. Mm -hmm. He needs momentum for people to be writing about and talking about and feeling moving forward into Iowa. He can do it tonight. The knives will be out for him, no doubt about it. And and I mentioned this on Fox the other day. What strikes me about his team and what he's doing also, sometimes, you know this as a political pro, they'll try to downplay expectations heading into a debate and play that game. They're doing the opposite. They're leading into it. They're saying he's going to be the biggest target on the stage and we're ready, bring it on. If he can live up to that sort of bravado and deliver tonight, that would be a huge shot in the arm for the campaign. And then for anyone else... Everyone in their mind on that stage has some path to be the one-on-one eventually with mm-hmm. Trump. So they're going to be gunning for that path tonight. Does that involve attacking other candidates? Does it involve bi- you know, biographical introductions of themselves? It'll be an interesting combination. And I, part of the thrill of being here and just like gets our juices going as people who care about politics, you have no idea what's going to happen <laughs> yeah. until the lights go on and the mics are hot and then it's on. And we'll be watching, and you know the guy who isn't on stage will absolutely be watching tonight very, very carefully from wherever he might be. Yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah. Guy, guy, guy you, mentioned, you mentioned Ron DeSantis, center stage. He's not going to stop at anything. I'm wondering if you have a couple of other candidates out there who you think are going to be the most likely to take the fight to DeSantis in the center of the stage.
14: Well, one guy who loves a fight is the former governor of my home state, Chris Christie, right? I think he would love to have Donald Trump on this stage and has been sort of licking his lips for that for a while. That won't be the case. I'm curious to see, will Christie sort of turn his fire on others who are up there with him or make an argument in his absence against Trump constantly and really focus on the leader of the pack by a long shot? Mm -hmm. Or does he go after DeSantis? Does he have a few things to say about Vivek Ramaswamy on foreign policy, what have you? Uh, I guarantee he's got a plan. Whether you love Christie or hate Christie, he relishes a forum like this. He also has a taste for Floridian politician blood on a debate <laughs> yeah, stage. He uh, does. So the DeSantis people definitely know that, and we'll see. So I, what I, I want to go back
7: to something you said is which candidate is eventually going to have the one-on-one against Trump when— you know, this is a lot of folks are thinking this. How much déjà vu do you feel from 2016? Oh. Of like, so okay, much. all I want. Every candidate says I want to be the one to get the one-on-one against Trump, and it's just like,
14: you know, it's a crabs in a barrel. Yeah, and they're like, oh, and, uh, no, I have a path, and uh, the field will win. Oh, I'm yeah. like, yeah, we did all this eight years ago, so it's it's hardcore déjà vu. It could be different. There's a fewer people in the race than there were back then, and a key question could be how many people get out of the race mm-hmm. and when would that be different. But for now, there is this sort of absolutely bizarre feeling where tonight will be possibly a quasi-normal-seeming Republican presidential debate. But then the person who's up 40 isn't on stage, which is just this wild screwball in the whole thing. which. For people in our line of work, like how exactly do you analyze the ins and outs and winners and losers of a debate when the guy at fifty percent isn't there? So that's part of the challenge of the job, right? Totally. And, and we'll see how it goes but, over the course of the evening. But the the opportunity there is,
8: what if they like it? Right. What what if the voters like? Yeah. Oh, this feels nice. Right. Who've, yep. Who who've tuned in to the Donald Trump show, you know, since
14: twenty fifteen, <laughs> watch this debate tonight, and they're like, you know what? Let's have more of that. Let's have more of that. And I talked to Martha McCallum, who's one of the co-moderators on my program, which Josh is a regular on, and I asked her about this, because you can't avoid the elephant not in the room in Donald Trump, but you also, he's not here, so you don't want to just have the conversation totally around him and dominant around him. What's the balance to strike there? And she said, it is a balance. They're going to endeavor to do it uh, well and, and smoothly in a way that's fair to everyone, but she said they are very eager to sink their teeth into issues, issues that matter to people. And that's what I'm looking forward to because I'm starving for that. As someone who cares about politics, it's all been process and polls and indictments and controversies and all of that. Republicans have a double-digit lead on the Democrats, mm-hmm. on the economy, for good reason. Let's remind the American people that's right. why that's the case. It's yes, number one issue. You know,
6: I mean, it's almost like this guy hosts a radio, <laughs> radio, 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 radio. <laughs> I can do this for three hours. It's incredible. Listen, I appreciate it, Guy. You've been a friend of the program since day one. We can't thank you enough. Thank you for all you're doing. And honestly, I tune in every day just to get, like... Some guy time. I want to hear what he's got going on. He's a happy warrior. He's a happy
10: warrior. I like that. I it's, tend to be. I try to be. Yeah. It's hard sometimes. Yeah. It's, hard
14: sometimes. it's great to see you guys. We'll have you back on uh, our show side hopefully pretty soon. And I will say, my bestie is here somewhere around here. Mary Catherine. Oh, now. I know. I saw one of the like, goats ever yeah. on this. But like, I don't know how I'm here and she's not because she. She, is, she could be the fifth co-host. She's she's the the she's, she could be the fourth. She, she scares me she's in the, my job security. We yeah, so <laughs> like, like, talked <laughs> about trading her for
6: Smug and a player to be named later. So can um, I put a
14: Mary Catherine Ham like, head like Lee Corso? <laughs> <laughs> I, pick her, I pick Ham. She's in a ruthless
8: tank top. Uh, she's, the best. she's the best. She's, she's the best. best. She's she's best. The best. Listen,
6: Guy Benson, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us. Really, really appreciate Thanks, it. Jeff, thank Jeff so you so much. Thanks, Jess. Yeah, that it? segment was brought to you by the Border Security Alliance. You found out more at bsa-us.org. Now we are here for the main event. That's right. This guy, here's a little backstory. Here's a little backstory on this. The backstory is: we went down to Atlanta last week and we went to do Eric Erickson's uh, well, gathering. gathering forum, yeah. the gathering. And it was awesome. We had a great time. We saw all the candidates. We talked to them. We were there. We were in Iowa the week before we talked to all the candidates. But you get like kind of a rhythm about things. And before we went on last week, uh, the governor showed up and asked us to come in and have a chat. We had a chat. And in the course of a great discussion, uh, Duncan, you made reference to the fact that you had a hog. I did.
8: And I feel like it might have sealed the deal. You know that it was the carrot we needed to get our celebrity picker here. It was like this isn't just your normal media experience. We, we got a little pomp, we got a little circumstance, we got things going on.
6: Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, look, he likes ruthless, yeah. no question. But he loves a hog. Yeah, loves a hog, and he knows how to kill him. He knows how to shoot him. He knows how to smoke him. Yeah, which is what we're doing over here, ladies and gentlemen. Governor Brian Cap, how Governor are you, Governor
5: sir? Hog! Thanks for having me, guys. Listen. I can't thank you enough for having my green room over by the grill. <laughs> <laughs> There's like four or five of your fans that have passed out in the back. Like, don't, don't worry about that. Well, I mean, look,
6: we, we thought 103 was a little short for Georgia this time of year. So we, well, thought I we feel like
5: I'm in Georgia.
6: <laughs> we tick it up to 110, 115. How, what do, what's your sense on the hard? We had some mishaps here today.
5: Well, it looks like a bunch of Boston butts to me, (laughs) but I'm just saying, Lucy, you know, the middle daughter y'all met when we were in D.C. was uh, asking the fellas if it was actually a wild hog that that you were cooking, because she killed one last weekend. But I know know you're having trouble with the hogs, so I brought some... Hot uh, Georgia Soul barbecue oh, sauce. Oh, yeah. I figured hot Excellent. would be appropriate for today. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. that's the theme. And since we had little issues with the uh, with the wild hog, I also got some Rodney Scott's pork rind, So <laughs> oh yeah, got, you know Look You this. get finished. Yes. Unbelievable. Yes. You get finished with the show, dude. This is Thank so you, good. you, Governor. You know, I thought and the hospitality ended at Georgia's
6: border, bit. but this is coming right up to Wisconsin. Mike, the
5: family's this. really going to be mad at me about this, but I snuck out with one pack of the. Uh, deer meat sticks. Uh, this is venison from Lucy's deer last year. A little chopped up jalapenos and cheese. So yes. Marty, Marty told me before when I pulled these out of the refrigerator, she's like, "You're taking the whole pack with you." <laughs> <laughs> what I was is like, so here, we got experience. more. We got more, at home. So I got you some snacks. Yes. thank you for so after much, show. Man. man. That's awesome. Well, I think
6: so, I mean, listen. First of all, thank you. Yeah, and you thank will. you too too for late. coming. I mean. <laughs> Yeah, okay, I know you like the variety program. This is a gesture beyond our wildest dreams that you've come up here for this. Uh, as you know, and I think you read the newspapers, maybe, uh, over the last couple of weeks, there's been a lot of discussion about, hey, what's old Brian Kemp up to? It turns out he wins swing states by 25 points. Oh, yeah. what, what, uh, how about him for a discussion in this?
7: I mean, I know we're sweating out here, but are some of the candidates in there sweating when they found out that you're going to be in town?
5: Well, I really came because I, you know, I thought Bergam was going to be out. I was going to see if I. Could get <laughs> <out>. <laughs> yeah, where were you? Where were, hey, you, by, where were by, you on by, the by basketball it, court? By the by the way, I, I heard uh, Bergam dunked it when he got. Oh, yeah, it
10: was a dunk.
6: Now, that would have really been something if all of a sudden that podium's empty and slides in all of a sudden the governor of Georgia.
5: Well, listen, we got some great candidates uh, on the podiums tonight. I've been praying for them. I've been wishing them well. I texted a bunch of them today and just told them, go get them. Godspeed. Um, you know, I think everybody that's here, they want, they can beat Joe Biden. Yeah. And to me, that needs to be our focus is, like, who do we have that can beat Joe Biden? Because mm-hmm. it doesn't matter if we don't win, we don't get to govern. Yep. You know, I was at Erickson's event the other day, and I I pulled out a number two pencil.
10: I still I said, have it.
5: You know, yeah. This is what is happening to us right now in Washington D.C. Biden, Kamala Harris, they have the pencil. They're writing the rules. They're writing the regs. They're pencil whipping us. Whether it's at you know EPA at the Justice Department, F.T.A. Uh, at the Federal Trade Agency, F.T.A. or anywhere else. And if you don't get the pencil. We can't erase what Biden's done and start writing our own rules or either getting rid of them, yeah. which a lot of the candidates have talked about. And so, you know, I'm, I'm here really trying to, to make sure that the party is looking forward, that we have candidates that are telling people what we're for and what we're going to do for the American people to push back against Joe Biden's 40-year high inflation. I mean, people are getting killed when they go to the grocery store, yep. when they go to the gas pump. I mean, you look at the disaster at the border. Every governor in the country is dealing with that. Um, our foreign policy, lack of support for the military, overspending. I mean, Biden's taking credit for inflation going down. He created the damn inflation <laughs> that he's right. now taking credit for going down, and we're stuck with, you know, 20-year high mortgage rates on people, and in the in the people in the middle are just getting squeezed. You know, he said we're building the economy from the bottom up and the middle out, and like I said on the last program, the only thing coming out of the middle is cash out of their wallet. That's right. Yeah. yeah I,
6: Go ahead, Smith. So, so
5: I want you're a subject matter expert
7: for a lot of the folks in there to be paying attention to. You won your most recent primary by like 60 points. Then in the general, you smoke the Democrat, who is the most well-funded Democrat in the country. What advice can you give to these candidates, not just on winning the primary, winning the general, being a candidate with a track record of winning, because that's the most
8: important thing. That's why we're here
7: tonight.
5: Yeah,
8: let's stop crying and let's start winning. How about that?
5: Yeah, and look, and and you know, my high school football coach told me one time excuses is for losers. Yeah. <laughs> like we need to we need to quit having a bunch of excuses for what happened in 2020. Or what happened in 2022 when we should have had a lot better cycle than yeah. we did. Mm-hmm. I think everybody agrees with that. Mm-hmm. And we need to be forward thinking. And we got to tell the American people, like, what are we for? Mm-hmm. What are we going to do? Mm-hmm. You know, what are we going to not only undo what Joe Biden did, but what are we going to do for them and their family and for our country? Mm-hmm. And, and then we just have to have a candidate that can win.
6: Yeah, I mean, so one of the things that I think a lot of conservatives across the country admire most about you is that you don't get sucked into the daily media nonsense. You're, what you're responsive to in your messaging on a day-to-day basis is what you're hearing on the ground. You're out all the time. You're meeting with George. You're meeting with your people. You're talking to them about what matters, and that's what you're conveying on a national level. You don't get sucked in and take the bait mm-hmm. of whatever it is that they want you to talk about. When you look at that stage tonight, is that what these guys need to do?
5: Well, I think that's part of it. But also their supporters, the supporters of the people that aren't here tonight, yeah. um, you know, have got to do the same thing. Us looking in the rearview mirror at the 2020 election is not going to do anything but get us beat mm-hmm. in November of 2020. You are not going to win swing states like Georgia and Pennsylvania and Arizona if you're looking in the rearview mirror. Yeah. And, and we're dealing with that right now in Georgia. I mean, everybody's looking at all these different indictments. You know, we need to understand what they, what they are. I mean, they are. They are political. I doubt most of these cases even take place before the 2024 election. Mm. But all that crowd over there, all that national media, that's all they want to talk about that's every right. all day, every day. Yeah. And we're letting them. Mm-hmm. We're letting them because we're going down that rabbit hole when we need to be talking about how bad Joe Biden and Kamala Harris are Yeah. and what we're going to do for the American people. And that's why I'm so excited about the debate tonight. I don't think this race is over. I think everybody in that room's got a shot to catch lightning in a bottle or either have somebody say, hey, I didn't know much about that guy or that girl, but I'm going to learn more mm-hmm. or I'm going to pay more attention to them. And then let's see what happens between now and the next debate. Uh, uh,
6: it's, just, it's well said. And I think it, it encapsulates a lot of the momentum and energy that you feel out here right now a lot of people that want to hear for the first time i mean we're political junkies right so we live this stuff we've heard everybody's pitch over and over and again tonight is the first time millions of americans will actually
5: hear from each one of these candidates in their specific pitch well that's that's the thing you haven't had A lot of people that have been quite honestly fortunate enough to listen to you guys and in-depth interviews with presidential candidates where you can actually hear about what their policy proposals are, what their real records are, what the governors have done in their state. Just incredible records. You know what Nikki Haley's done. We know what Vice President Pence has done, what Senator Scott's done. I mean, just really when you look through incredible resumes, but nobody's hearing... um, you know, they're not hearing a 15- or 20-minute stump speech. Mm-hmm. They're not even hearing two or three minutes on the national news because it's all about, yeah. you know, what happened three or four years ago. Or it's ago. Their,
6: their response to an indictment, or it's a response to, like, yeah. whatever wedge issue of the day. It's not actually what they The response
5: to the indictment should be, I'm tired of hearing about the damn indictment. We yeah. know what this is. This is what I'm gonna do for the American people. No man.
6: Listen, there's a lot of lessons. If there are candidates anywhere in the country really? aspiring for office local, statewide or what have you, you gotta listen to that guy because there's a lot of a lot of tactics that are discussed about, you know, whether you go out and you do like the ballot harvesting in the states where it's legal and all that. But what he gets more than anybody else, and I fell as I think you guys agree with this, yeah. Is he listens to what people are concerned yeah. about. And relays that he doesn't give a shit about what it is that the CNNs, MSNBCs, and everybody else want him to talk about.
8: Yeah, it's almost like those people don't have our best interest at heart.
5: <laughs> it's shocking. <laughs> I mean, I had a lot of them wanted to interview me today, and we're like, we're not doing any media because we want people to hear from the candidates. We mm-hmm. want to hear about what their message is. You know, I don't want to answer questions about some stupid indictment. Something. Yeah. You know, let's talk about what matters to people.
6: Yeah. Yeah. Now, it, look, it's well said. You're a celebrity guest picker. You realize? I don't that.
5: know about celebrity. Why? Well, I mean, you're <laughs> a guest picker. We've
7: seen your high favorables. I think that's a celebrity. Yeah.
8: <laughs> you won your primary by like 50 points. You're a celebrity. <laughs> a celebrity. 52. <laughs> but who's counting?
6: <laughs> but I think in this day and age, in a swing state, if you have 60 percent approval, that qualifies for celebrity, no matter yeah, what. Yeah, it. it it does. It's hard earned, and you worked hard for it. We're going to let you think about it as we walk through what we think is going to happen tonight. Smug, who's the big winner?
7: I'm thinking, again, for me, you've got someone who's got a record of success. And just like Michael Jordan is willing to play through the pain to grab that championship, Doug Burgum's going to shine. They needed to know his name. They now know it because of his injury, and he's going to show them He's not someone who lets his mercy stand the way. That's his life story.
6: Yeah, no, I think that's right. I listen. My my sense is the story of how he's on the stage in the first place it's incredible. is incredible. It's going to captivate an awful lot of people, right? I mean, you get Taurus Achilles yesterday, he's on stage without painkillers. Wow, it's incredible, incredible, yeah. incredible. Duncan,
8: what do you got? Um, well, it depends on what victory is, right? If well, what define that in the Duncan term. Well, I will. Um, who's going to get the, the most cheering from the media uh, after the debate? Um, you know, the people who have the most viral moments or what have you. I think Chris Christie will do that. I think Vivek Ramaswamy will, will, will do that. Will it translate to votes? I don't think so. I mean, going back to, to 2016... Christie had the most viral moments possible. But as he has admitted himself, that was a murder-suicide against (laughs) Marco Rubio. Right. It ultimately didn't translate to votes. I think the person who's going to be able to translate uh, their performance tonight into votes is Governor Ron DeSantis. Mm. And it's for the reason I mentioned earlier. And that is, if everyone's attacking him, that is his comfort zone. Mm -hmm. This is a guy who deals with the media coming at him all the time. Mm -hmm. And if he takes it the same way as that exchange Mm -hmm. and responds to those attacks and commands the stage, this is a guy everyone's been talking about. Obviously, the campaign has had a lot of hiccups. I think the super PAC... Did him a huge disservice with that memo that they released. Yeah, and nasty. you're going to have you're going to have every single one of these mainstream media outlets. If he talks about his family tonight, they're going to be like, "Oh, well, that was in the Super PAC memo. That is not real. You know, he's not an <laughs> authentic candidate, yeah. and it's all bullshit, obviously." And you don't have to tell Ron DeSantis what to say, you know, say on a debate stage. The guy can handle it. We've seen him on on TV plenty.
10: Mm-hmm.
8: But he's got to ignore all that and just. Deliver his lines the way he knows how to do and respond to the attack. And
6: recapture what we saw three months ago. Not
8: be a lawyer and explain, Mm -hmm. just deliver pain. He is a counterpuncher.
6: Everybody says Donald Trump's a counterpuncher.
8: Ron DeSantis
6: is a
10: counterpuncher.
6: Well said. Well said. Johnny, what do you got?
0: So you've got a variety of candidates on stage with different levels of experience. Some, like Chris Christie, who have done presidential debates and are very talented in this forum. And then you have some candidates who are brand new, and I think that it's a little bit of a wild card of uh, of what to expect. And I think that there is one guy in the field who is who, who is obviously brand new to the medium. And is he from Ohio?
6: Um, you going to, I mean, Don't this is the most that. predictable thing I've heard Unbelievable! The Cincy guy's going Cincy. Are
0: you for real? I'm going I'm gonna go with the rookie. I'm gonna i t- I'm gonna take a chance on the rookie tonight. I'm gonna say that, that Vivek is going to deliver on everything that he has said leading up to this debate. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But I really think the guy has some talent. He does. And if that doesn't show tonight, it's not good for him. Yeah. No, it's, so uh, he has there's more point. there's more on mm. his on his shoulders tonight than I think almost anybody else. He's at center stage and he has earned the spot in center stage. But I think we'll find out tonight whether that is a blessing that turns into a curse Ooh. if he cannot keep up. And we know that the Trump campaign's rooting
8: for him tonight. <laughs> <laughs> he's the best surrogate
6: they have. Everybody I'm surprised they let him, let him in, in the Vita. venue. Everybody <laughs> but Las because <laughs> he's going to replace him as an actual spokesperson. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. All, All right. right. So now we have the celebrity. Uh, you've given this thought, obviously. You're friends with basically everybody on stage. Governor, what are your thoughts?
5: Well, I th- I th- I'm going to pick the loser of the debate okay. instead of the winner. Can I do that? Yeah, Absolutely. sure. So I'm thinking, my, my thinking, and this is a political answer, but it really is the truth. I think everybody here is a winner because they've gotten in the race. takes a lot of guts to do that. They've been putting their heart and soul into it. And, you know, quite honestly, had to do some things that I, I don't really think you ought to have, you know, governors, former governors, former ambassadors, uh, U.S. senators and other people trying to, Say hey, give me a dollar, something Get on the debate stage, but that wasn't my call. Uh, so I just appreciate all of them being out there. I think I think it's going to be a great night for people to really see where the field is and learn a lot about people. Uh, I think the Trump campaign's making a big mistake by not being here. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are my loser tonight. Uh, I think you know, being from Georgia, spent a lot of time in Atlanta. I kind of I feel like they're in the situation the Falcons were in when the Super Bowl when it was twenty eight to three. <laughs> My God! Wow! Wow! And but, that's just
6: that pain for you to surface that.
5: Well, you remember what happened, right? I remember. You know, you well. get complacent, you get into prevent defense, you try to try to start spinning all this stuff instead of just simply answering the tough questions like everybody else that behind us going to do tonight. Because you know damn well there's going to be some tough questions, even if. Uh, Brett and Martha don't ask him. You know you're gonna have some back and forth with with Christie and people going after Vivek to see if he's more than a acre wide an inch deep, and you know, seeing who's gonna overperform and a lot of pressure on people like the and then other people not so much that that I think can have really good nights uh, like the former vice president and other people. But I think not being in that mix is
7: I, I got. I just
5: I just I just think. Like if if you're as good as you say you are, get your ass on there, answer the questions, uh, fight wow, it out, wow, and right. let's let's get it done. Well, I mean see, that's just that's just my opinion. Look, I'm not saying that just because I've battled with uh, President Trump. He's been mad at me. I haven't been mad at him. But that that's just the way I think. You know, you get in that prevent defense a lot of times. All of a sudden, the score tightens. Mm-hmm. And the thing about this race, you know, there's a big polling gap right now. But let's say a few people do get out, mm-hmm. and let's say that race tightens, and all of a sudden it's a, you know, twelve or a fifteen point lead, or then it gets down to eleven or twelve. You mm-hmm. know, all of a sudden there's going to be some tightening in somewhere else. Yeah. And, <laughs> and right. you know, then all of a sudden it's momentum. Who's got it? Who doesn't? Mm-hmm. And then you see what happens. You know, and that then you're going to learn who's got really good ground games, who's got staying power, and so we'll see.
7: I mean, I got to say. There have been many times the Chicago Bulls were up big, right? But Jordan never left at halftime.
5: Yeah. He yeah. always showed
7: up. And you're someone who won big, and you never stepped away, even when you were up by 50 points. I think, I, I, I mean, I got to agree. Oh, to let me tell you, I, I,
5: we wanted to run ads the Wednesday after the election. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, was, that's it, it, that's was it just champion. you? Was it just you spiking a football? The staff, no, the staff <laughs> wouldn't let me do it.
10: <laughs>
6: No, but to your point, Governor, look, the, the biggest mistake you can make in politics is to take a vote for granted. Right. And the one thing that we saw from you from the first day you were a candidate, the first time, all the way through controversies and everybody pronouncing you politically dead, is that you went out and you talked and you listened to people and in the end when you carried their message they were with you
5: in the end. And look I know people there's a lot of other people that think the former president's doing the right thing here. I'm just telling you my opinion. We'll we'll see as this plays out. But it's uh you know the thing is we have a great opportunity to beat Joe Biden. Yeah. And and that's why we're all know, here. Send them to the House and regardless of what happens and how it shakes out. That's the team I'm going to be on. Yep.
6: Hell yeah. Listen, Governor Brian Kemp, can't thank you enough for coming up here. I mean, let's have a night, huh? Let's have a night. Right. Let's <laughs> have <laughs> a <laughs> night. Nice Thanks for having me, Thank, thank you. you so much. Appreciate it. That segment was sponsored by our good friends at the Americans for Tax Reform, the Keepers of the Taxpayer Protection Pledge. ATR is fighting liberals' attempts to dramatically. Thank you. Expand IRS, reach and power. We remember this about the 87,000 yep. situation. Oh, yeah, uh, The IRS is getting more corrupt and collecting more sensitive data than ever, and even pushing it to uh, uh, get in business and tax preparation, which is nonsense. We appreciate all the good work that ATR is doing. You can learn more at ATR.org. Listen, fellas, this is a hell of a day. I mean, it's this been incredible. Is- this is what we came for. This is why we started this program. This is why you guys listen. Yeah. When we first started this, it was to be in the backdrop of Fis- Fiserv Forum at a presidential debate and be a part of this conversation and take your voices along with us. Thank you.
7: Thank you all so much. Thank you. Did we do it? I, it. I think we did it. Absolute banger of a game day pre-game show gentlemen. Thank you so much to the governor. Thank you so much to our wonderful guests and our wonderful sponsors. And thank you to all of you for tuning in at home. So, until next time, Minions, keep the faith, hold the wine, and own Own the the list! list. (laughs) We'll see you next time. Stay ruthless!